0: Hey guys, Evan here. Two orders of news before the show gets started. One, we're going to take a bit of a break. Uh, The next show you'll see from us is going to be in 2018. Uh, Just for the holiday and everything like that, we figured it'd be easier just to kind of give everyone a couple weeks off. Two, on the subject of 2018, we're really excited to bring a bunch of things for you uh, in the new year. Definitely stay tuned for those. The big news, or the one that's going to be most important for you guys right away, we're going to start uploading every Wednesday. Uh, it's just going to be easier for us to, to commit to a date and easier for everyone to follow along if they know, hey, the USL show comes out every Wednesday. So, here forward, every Wednesday you'll see us. Again, we're taking a little bit of a break just to, to kind of relax and unwind. But after that, we're definitely looking forward to having a great 2018 with you all. Really appreciate the support and everything you've shown so far on Twitter and Facebook, and even in you know private messages we've gotten. Um, have a great rest of your 2017, and we'll see you guys in 2018. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the uh, the USL show episode 4. Uh, we're recording this on the, the 17th of December, if you needed to know. Brought to you by uh, the Beautiful Game Network podcast, BGN.FM. For that one, we are also sponsored by Dunkaroos, the last thing to fill your fleeting 90s nostalgia. Uh, which that would be, we're not actually sponsored by Don't. Dunk- I don't even know who owns them or anything, we're just going to move on. Well, gentlemen, um, I, I should introduce you, I guess. That would probably be good. Uh, I'm your your host, as always, Evan Valola, joined by, in order of left to right, on my Skype screen, it is uh, the ICS stat pony,
1: Pony. Hey, how you guys all doing?
0: All right. Uh, Charlotte, well, North Carolina's favorite USL statistician, the USL stats robot, Ryan Allen.
2: Hello. Unlike the Rochesteranos, I am back from my brief hiatus.
0: Oh, no! Yes!
1: yes.
2: That quickly.
0: Well done. Oh, no.
1: The Austin Aztecs are so
3: happy Rochester is the one to be picked on now.
0: (laughs) Hey, the man man you just heard, the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, Pilgrims.
3: What's up, everybody?
0: It's uh, Portland's favorite, maybe only after the last season you guys just had, USL beat writer Kevin McCamish. What's up? Uh, Gentlemen, in case you were like, man, we're really going to be low for content one weekend in this (laughs) offseason, I have bad news. That being said, we'll start uh, Orlando City B recently, I think uh, early this week, announcing that they'll be on hiatus for 2018 with plans to rejoin in USL Division 3 in 2019. Um. That sounds like it's happening, It's probably going to happen, and I'm sure they won't be alone in terms of teams that will drop down the D3, um, but that being said, did you guys, you know, do we think that it was necessary for them to leave for a year, or was that a kind of a cost-cutting thing for the Orlando City
4: Soccer Club to do?
3: No, well, is that, well, is that another MLS already,
4: 2 team just biting the dust? Well they kind of
3: kind of they already announced they were gonna not come back and then they decided they were gonna come back and now they announced again that they're not. So I think they were just like, you know, on the outskirts of being able to find their own stadium is my bet, honestly, which seems to be the biggest hurdle for all these two teams that play in their, you know senior side stadium. So I just feel like they just couldn't get it all together. And they were like, well, division three is easy in two years. Let's just make that happen. Yeah.
0: Scheduling thing too, I think because they play in the same, well, they played last year in the same park as the first team, and mm-hmm. I'm sure trying to find a free Saturday or Sunday and, you know, a bunch of people working overtime, probably things like that's not terribly easy.
4: Uh, well, to be fair, I mean, they do have Orlando city, Orlando pride and the B team. Yeah. So that is three teams, but, but, Portland made it work. I mean, T2, Timbers, and the Thorns all played at Providence Park all mm. all last year, and it worked out fine. As far as I know, it worked out fine. <laughs> Don't you guys as get, a... like, a
3: D2 sanctioning vibe out of this, though, more so than anything else?
4: Yeah. Oh, Probably. yeah, of course. I mean, that I know because T2 used to play at Merlot Field, and that stadium capacity was, like, 4,000 eight hundred in change or four thousand nine hundred in change, just under five thousand. And so the whole reason why they moved him to Providence Park was specifically for the D two sanctioning because the arbitrary stadium counts five thousand. <laughs> Crazy. why don't I don't, and I don't know why it's just a specific number like that. Like couldn't they have just put out like
3: 200 lawn chairs and they just <laughs> called it a day.
4: <laughs> they probably could have. I mean, I don't know why they didn't, but.
3: But that look at all great. these
4: open
2: truck
0: hatchbacks that we have. People can sit on those.
2: <laughs> for lights, would it's... you just shine car headlights on the yeah, pitch? Yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: I like it. It's like Perfect. safe standing, but for cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No no no, no. Today's no. game's the, been interrupted because was...
0: somebody
4: forgot to park their emergency car.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a Disney Pixar movie. That wasn't that wasn't a section. That was a whole movie about there was like three of them, I think. I don't or like there was a planes. What, we
2: don't talk plane, about the second like, one.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Did I hurt your childhood?
2: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, no, Come on, man.
4: Alright.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, Pony Ryan, anything to add as far as Orlando City, you know, ducking out and taking a smoke break and then coming back and 2019? <laughs>
1: Yeah, not much. It's a team that I kind of like to see around. They actually were competitive, at least somewhat competitive every year. They were always one of those bubble playoff teams. It's one thing if a team that no one, no one cares about is and is not even relevant disappears, but it always does hurt when a team that actually does factor into the East goes away like that.
0: Mm-hmm. That and, and then, you know, they used a ton of MLS guys, whether it's just to get a minutes or off a of rehab stints or, you know, just kind of in rotation. Um, I think they were they used the most in the in the league. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they kind of adapt to to not having that. I don't know if that means they're gonna send more guys out on loan or, or what's up, but um yeah. We'll see.
3: That'd be cool. They also dropped all but like two players, so they're only you know there's two guys that you know they were already going to start over anyway. Like I think a lot of MLS two guys do, but that's just something to also take note of. All those guys are available, so
0: yeah,
3: yeah, that's true. Uh,
0: other one, and I think you wanted to talk about this, but Taylor P uh, writes, go to Real Salt Lake, which you wanted to say was the same as Miguel Barra.
4: Uh, Taylor Pay. But um, yeah, so I recently uh, RSL wanted to sign Taylor Pay from their MLS two side, Real Monarchs, and apparently they had to trade. Uh, I think they traded like a third round, 2018 draft pick uh, for the rights to sign Taylor Pay, which means that even though he never played for the Timbers, wasn't even a part of the organization for the entire 2017 season, we still had his rights. Somehow for for ML, like his MLS rights, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we got something for him. Even though he we kicked him out the door and got like he left for nothing, but in the end we got something. So going back to I think 2012, Miguel Ibarra was another player that we had signed from the Super Draft. Didn't go anywhere. Uh, we let him loose. Minnesota United picked him up. He did really well with them for a couple of years. They sold him down to I think Club Leon. Um. Mm-hmm. And then when they went, when they got promoted to MLS, they wanted to bring him back, but somehow after all those years, Portland still had his player rights, his MLS player rights. So we got Jeff Attenella in exchange for his Miguel Abar's player rights, and then they signed him. So it seems to be. I mean, I'm not like trying to set like uh, poke at, at, at Portland specifically, but it seems like. Player, the, the rights to sign a player, the first of right fusils, I don't know if, I thought it had an expiration date, but doesn't necessarily seem to, or maybe some players have one and some players don't. I don't really know how it works. It's one of those uh, cloak and dagger MLS rules things. Mm-hmm. But if you're an MLS 2 side, or even a potentially an independent USL side, and you're going to go up to MLS, um, any players that, that you have that have who were last owned by an MLS side, apparently you can't directly sign them. You've yeah, got that's a. That's bizarre get something for their rights i, mean, I mean like discovery rights no well i mean in taylor pays uh specific circumstance it's the right of first refusal so it, it is literally trading for the right to sign him to your team your mls team even, even though he's been part of your organization for an entire season one full season because we cut him we cut him loose back in 2016 you know, Real Monarchs picked him up and signed him. They signed him to their USL side, yeah. and now they want now in order to sign him to their MLS side, in order to promote him to their first team, uh, they had to trade trade for his rights, which was very interesting because you know it's with some of these players you completely forget they even exist, and then it's just like wait, we still had his rights? <laughs> uh-huh. well, and then, and, and then and that- oh, go ahead.
0: Uh, and that's interesting because I wonder if that's why you know a lot of those MLS2 teams will look to build up through the academy because then they don't have to worry about it in a
3: way.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, certainly. But usually with those MLS2 sides, I I don't think that they're out there trying to trade for players that other MLS clubs put to the side. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they find something that works, you know, in in the example of Taylor Pay going to our, to Real Monarchs, you know, then that's great and coming down the road, they'd probably trade for something. Like, a third-round draft pick's not a lot. I mean, chances are Portland won't turn him into anything, Mm -hmm. but at least we got something for his rights. It it was just very interesting when I saw that news late last week. I was like, wait. I thought, like, I literally thought that Real Monarchs had signed him, which they did, but apparently in order to sign from your MLS 2 side to your MLS 1 side, if you don't own his rights within mls you've got to trade for him and it was it was a similar situation back with miguel ibarra like cut him out in 2012 minnesota got promoted to mls and wanted to bring him back from club leon but in order to do so they had to trade us portland for his rights just the right to sign him it's really weird pull the room Uh, i guess the question boils
0: down to if and this is weird because it doesn't apply to everybody. I guess if, you're, if your player is out of a contract, but you know his rights are out there or you don't know his rights, I guess, is that something that you think your USL team should be asking? Hey, are your player rights owned by anybody if we go up? Like Cincinnati, Probably. for example, is one that strikes me as interesting because do any of those guys have weird MLS rights that are outstanding? Maybe.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, like take take for example, uh, Sweat Park Rangers. They signed from their USL side to their MLS side, Carlton Belmar, mm-hmm. and he was a T two player, but he was signed directly to T two, cut from T two, never actually signed an MLS contract. So that was a simple like, hey, we're going to promote you. Nobody else owns your MLS rights. Here's your first ever MLS contract. But uh, I think Ben Polk, we, I think we had signed him to a first-team contract. He spent all of his time on T2, I think, in 2015, maybe 2016. I can't remember. And then he went over to Orlando City B and got signed by, by them. Now, obviously, they're going away. But if he's a player, like, maybe we'll give him a shot. Maybe we'll sign him to Orlando City. He's had an MLS contract. Dude, chances are they'd have to trade something, some sort of funny money, some sort of yep. international slot, or a you know low draft pick, something which we... It's just something that I think that everybody with with the USL side, just whether it's MLS 2 or even independent, should probably be aware of.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. Um, there's a tweet, and I think it got deleted, or I just can't look at it. Um, but it was a, it was about how there's guys in the USL right now that are that are making. If someone wants to pull it up and quote directly, feel free. But I can uh, do
4: it. yeah, please.
2: It's in show notes.
0: Yeah, I clicked it. I just didn't. So it's
4: from Brendan Griffiths, and he says, "Dear USL, it ain't fair that us players have to literally fight to survive and provide for our families in the off season while everyone else remains in the payroll. Players should be ready come opening day with all smiles after going through hell." Hashtag makes no sense.
0: Uh, so it's a little vague, uh, which I'm sure is, is, was, is, you know, purposeful. Um, but guys, I guess the question there kind of boils down to, are these guys making enough money for what they are? Um, and then, you know, if, which I guess is, I mean, that's really just kind of a yes or no. And, and we don't really know any of the kind of logistics or anything around there. I don't, I don't really be asking any of those guys how much money they're on. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, it, 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 that's such a very that's a weird thing that I'm trying to ask everybody what they think about it. But I guess what are your thoughts on that tweet, Phil? Anybody?
3: Yeah. Uh, well, I think I'm gonna end up being the uh, devil's advocate on that. Um, sure. So I'll, I'll just start us off, and then you guys can tear me to pieces because this is gonna be a not popular um, thought process. But you know, I come from the music business, right? And so anyone that joins some band that wants to make it, um, when you go into that, you're not looking at this like, okay, I expect to get signed by a label and I expect benefits and I expect to be paid enough to support my family. No, the only people you see going into the music business are kids, right? Like starting at age 16, 17, sometimes if you're lucky. And then um, you don't see them going much longer than that unless they're big enough that they can afford to bring their family with them. And so... Um, which means tour bus, they're making, you know, 20, 30 grand a show sometimes is is often what that is. Um, And so I view the soccer business is somewhat like that, especially the USL. You know, this is a division two, a tier two business. And in large uh, countries, uh, big soccer countries, that's a a big deal. And those guys are going to make a good salary in the United States. We're just not there yet in division two. And I feel like most of the guys in Division II are younger, Mm young-ish. And do they have a right to have a family? Of course they do. But if I were a soccer player, just like I was a musician, and I was going into that business, I know what it's like in the United States right now. And do I think to myself, I should be able to have a family, and I should be able to get paid enough playing soccer. And no, I'm not going to go work at Burger King in the offseason because it's not worth it to me. To me, those are conflicting beliefs. And you should know what you're getting into if you really want to take your chance in this awesome, fun, cool business that, you know, there's lots of bad to it, too. But honestly, you're a professional soccer player. And no, you don't get paid very well, but it's high risk, high reward, where if you do really well, you move up to a much higher division and maybe even a much better country to play that kind of soccer in. And so it's, like I said, risk reward. It starts out really crappy. It's going to be bad for a while and no, you can't support a family on it r- right now. And I don't think that's something that they owe soccer players quite yet. Um, and I, not that I don't think it should happen at some point. But um, I'm, I'm going to say that's that's going to be the devil's advocate argument for now. I, I hope you guys have the opposite belief <laughs> that you can sit here and, Man, and the, argue against that.
0: I don't even know what I think about it as the thing. Um Pony, you're you're one for having really they're like really measured, so no one can really give you shit for it. But you have some really interesting call them <laughs>
1: opinions. Uh, do, do you got anything on this one? Uh, to me, it's about the kind of financial stability of the team. If a team mm-hmm. can't afford to pay someone their entire roster to stay, basically not to find offseason jobs, they shouldn't do it and risk the stability of the entire team going under because that's going to be worse for everybody involved. But if teams are financially strong, can profit, and could actually afford to at least pay the players enough to at least get by on the offseason, maybe just subsidize housing and they do some training or some other side job, in that case they should. But a team should never be risking actually folding themselves or get going into red because they want to pay someone enough to actually not have to find a job during the offseason. That's where I stand on that.
3: I also have some more thoughts like... Um you know, that MLS thing happened where the guy got sick and he was all out of contract. And it was somewhere in the West. Was it was San Jose. And I think they took care of him, but it almost made it seem like they dropped him so they didn't have to cover his sickness. Um, but then in, in the end, they decided to take care of him. But, you know, healthcare is huge. And so I could see that. You know, being To me, that's the biggest problem that maybe you'd run into. Maybe you don't pay these guys much, but you should cover them and their entire families, even if it's just a spouse uh, health-wise, because uh, that's just in the country we live in. That's just something they need. Um, the other thing is like, I think this is a good argument, is to argue, do we make a Division two with maybe 10 teams and then send the rest down if they can't afford to pay guys to have a family and insurance and, and, and all those sort of things 12 months of the year? Or... Do we have more teams in Division two and try to get a higher playing level for the most guys possible? I feel like I feel like it's gonna have to be one or the other if we were to implement something like this now, and I don't know what would you guys choose one or the other? You know what I mean?
0: Uh, um, so you you mean like like if we did a Division two, there'd
3: be like a uh, yeah, like, like how a, many teams like in like USL a minimum right sal- now? Salary? Yes. Yeah, how many teams in USL yeah. could afford to pay a guy, let's say in the Midwest at least, you could afford to live on $30,000, full benefits for you and your family, dental, visual, you know, vision. You know, like you're taking care of just barely enough that you're not going to be out on the streets if, if you have a heart attack or something, you know what I mean? So, would you rather have like 10 teams doing that? Because only probably only 10 can afford that in the United States in Division 2 and then send the rest to 3 or would you rather have underpaid guys like it is now, basically, who can't survive 12 months of the year on that salary? Maybe, maybe not benefits, um, but they develop on a higher level. You know, it's almost like development can, it's not this or nothing. I'm just saying this is one argument, like, do you want benefits or do you want to develop more guys on that level, uh, I think is 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 one of the things you should look at the the downside of.
0: Ryan, you're throwing well, a bunch of fingers up, and I have no idea what you're trying to say, so I'd love for <laughs> you to just talk about it.
2: I was just trying to go through the league and think of like what teams could afford it, and off the top of my head, I only named around 8 to 10 that could probably be okay with not ha- or p- paying players. You're on, obviously, like the three M- sides gunning for MLS at the moment would probably be the most well-off if you throw in like Phoenix, Tampa as well, uh, maybe North Carolina, um just to name a few other sides, but there's just a lot of different disparity in the league between the sides who can afford this, like your Cincinnati's, your Louisville's, to the sides who, as we saw, like Rochester, Harrisburg, the ones who just struggle to maintain the bottom line. So oh, I'd probably have to agree with Pony on this one, that it has to reach a level of club stability before we can start you know, talking about at least um, minimum salaries. I mean, it took a while for MLS to get to this point, and when they publish their salaries twice a year at the start and in May, you can see for some MLS2 teams what their contracts are.
0: Right, right. Well, and, and I think that's the other big question mark, is we don't really know how much of an MLS team's money they're allocating to USL at all, in terms of you know club operations or anything like that. So
4: um yeah well, like, I, I, I can't imagine it's too much because if you look at these clubs like right. or, orlando city is getting rid of or well not getting rid of but putting on hiatus uh right. their their team <laughs> vancouver Whitecaps took their team away montreal yeah montreal dropped theirs. i think last season seattle's seattle's moving theirs to tacoma and giving it basically giving it, letting someone else run it um yep. you look know a the lot hybrid
2: of these, teams of san jose and houston
4: yeah, and I think that's what a lot of these MLS two sides might even go to. I'm sure that Portland eventually will go that way. I just don't know where they would move their team to. Mm, um, I thought
3: that was Boise. Am I yeah, off on that? Yeah, I think Boise with the
4: thought. It, it seems like Boise would be the most like it, but I haven't heard anything in a long time on that. So, I, th- I mean, I think Boise might even be trying to get their own team, either independent like a USL two or maybe Division three when it comes out. But that's the last I heard. Um, but as far as this goes, like what, what we should do or, I mean, I, I don't have any real recommendations, but what I, what I, what I'm interested in is hearing this division between clubs that can pay and clubs that can't. And that kind of seems like instead of like an arbitrary stadium seat count, that kind of seems like huh. a good, a good like yes. division between yeah. like here's if your team can afford to play, pay a player for 12 months, you know. And have like a a, a players union and stuff like that, then you now you now you meet division two standards and you can all these teams can come together and become a division two. And then everybody else can go and do division three.
3: How dare you humanize this? (laughs) How dare (laughs) you?
4: What is
0: this? It it is not in area fifty-one. It's that they're lying to us about it. Ted, you haven't blocked me on Twitter yet and I'm really sad. Can you please just me? <laughs> I
1: hate you. Don't get me? He's not listening.
0: Please, like, save us all the trouble and just block me. I'm tired of hearing from you and your friends. You idiot. Anyway. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm glad that we just talked about people getting paid because you know how people get paid in the soccer business? By instituting promotion and relegation. But after they do that, <laughs> It's by <laughs> transfers. And boy, did we have a lot of transfers. And unlike promotion and relegation in, in, in the United States, these were real, and they happened, and people wanted them. Hmm. Anyway, the Hopefully first transfer signs. that I want to talk about is Tommy Heideman, who left the the, the potential last-ever NASL champion, San Francisco Deltas, who would have been saved if they had promotion and relegation, and signed for FC Cincinnati. Who would be in the English Premier League if we had promotion and relegation, gentlemen? Uh, your thoughts on, on, the on Cincinnati? In, um, yes, your thoughts on Cincinnati in general, signing Tommy Heineman as well as the 18 other guys they had to sign their backline. In which Pony had a had a fiery, spicy Twitter argument mm-hmm. with some of our friends about you, you asshole.
1: Too much. <laughs> I didn't get into um, it that much. No, it was fun.
0: <laughs> I read the tweets. <laughs> So for those who don't have Twitter, who don't know how to follow you on Twitter or anything like that, can you give a kind of synopsis of how you feel about Cincinnati's uh, transfers and just kind of what they were?
1: I think for a lot of it, it's a, it's a sidestep for a lot of what Cincinnati did. They lost Delbridge, who, as much as their defense was bad last season. He actually was a really strong point. They picked up Lasso in front of the fire sale from Charleston, who, again, a very good equivalent middle back. It's not an improvement. You can't really improve much on Delbridge. And Lasso is the same thing, where they're both going to be top 10 at their spot in the league. They had a lot of of other defensive signings. I'm somewhat skeptical on some of them. I know part of it's from Sacramento. We all had the Derek Foran saga, where we pulled over someone from the top league in Ireland, and... He did not really work out too well. I mean, he's a great guy, but it was somewhat of a liability at center back. The problem is, for me, a lot of the people coming in are not USL people, and you don't know how they adjust. When you bring someone from a different league, you don't know how they play in the USL. You're playing with different play styles. You're playing with a lot of young kids and aging veterans, and rosters aren't stable. I think they can, have, they could improve. I could see Cincinnati even getting as high as like maybe... Fourth, third, seed even, I think they're nowhere near what Louisville and Tampa Bay have on the field, and they could go nowhere from last season. But I think they're it a sidestep until I actually see something on the field, mm-hmm. including you no know, Hildebrand gone. I don't know how that's going to be. They have Spencer Ritchie doing some. I think loans from Whitecaps main team. If they keep him, that's a good, good, solid top ten again. Mm-hmm. Top ten keeper. I, I, I want to. I want to believe in Cincinnati. Have with all their all the hype, all the fan Base finally being a contender, but I really just can't quite see that yet until I see their defense take the field and actually improve for the first time in their team history.
0: Ryan, any, uh, right at the end there. Ryan, any, um, to do it, any, uh, any moves stick out for you?
2: I'd have to, or at least mention on like where they were, Cincinnati related back to at least competing with the teams and how far they have left to go, Louisville's returning 17 different players, or sorry, they're returning 16 different players, and then the 17th additional one of Pat McMahon coming from SC Cincinnati to the now reigning champs. So that's, they're bringing in that, in essence, they're uh, pretty much their entire core team if you take away, yeah, I think it was Tarek Morad, and like Tark Morad, Michael Bledsoe, Gaia Ben, and um, Sean Reno to all, had their options declined or left. So they're pretty much the same exact team in from last year. And I would also probably have to speak to my other transfers that I were looking out that I was definitely looking out for was um related in Phil's ter- territory with St. Louis signing, uh Corey herzog as well, and a bunch of Orlando City B player or former Orlando City B players such as Austin Martz, who's also a former Wilmington Hammerhead player.
0: Hey uh hey Phil uh yeah. i i wanted the plug that you talked to to one of your transfers in a in a in a hell of an interview uh but you guys made some big moves tomas gomez one of them uh, ryan just mentioned cory herzog the other one um you know among other things you know with with uh, with po- with pulis coming in because i think if we just keep calling him by his last name people think it's his dad and get really confused yeah. um um, and, you know, just, and, and so between, you know, a, a pretty promising young head coach and Corey Herzog is a proven goal scorer. Tomas Gomez is a, a very proven goalkeeper. Um, what are kind of the, the initial thoughts coming out of you and then the, the Luligans out your way?
3: Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned Luligans. Um, Matthew Bird wrote a uh, article and, and he, he authored it really nicely. It was almost like a narrative, um, it, he did an interview with Poulos and, and in that he talked about one of the things he asked was, well, you know, what was the uh, player on St. Louis when you face them that you liked the most? And he's, he said, Christian Bolesky mm. who hasn't been um, a standout player in the last year necessarily, but you know, he's liked him ever since he was on the, on the rhinos and, Um, that was nice to see that he really likes Valesky because, you know, you got to wonder what he was planning on Valesky once Corey came in. And so there was a quote that said, I I can't wait to see those two play together. So that will be exciting. Uh, Matthew did, or Bird did a really good job there. Um, but also almost, um, opposite of Cincinnati, we're, we're kind of curious how, how that defense is going to play out in St. Louis. There's a lot of proven center backs coming in. From uh Louisville and um I think shoot now I'm forgetting where the other one came from. I think it's I think it's OCB. Um but these guys are coming in that are solid. Uh Sean Reynolds is one of them. Um solid center backs. Sam uh, Fink
2: from Oklahoma
3: Sam City. Fink, man, St. Louis exploded when Saint when Sam Fink got signed. They yeah. were so happy to bring him back. He did such a good job with OKC, got in some playoff uh games. Um, so he's a good signing to bring back. And, um, you know, St. Louis, they're, we're just kind of curious to see, much like uh, Koch on Cincinnati again, mm-hmm. like how is the scouting of players in these coaches? You know, are they bringing in guys that are going to perform well? Are they going to train them up the right way? And so I'm really excited to see um how Poulos is doing honestly yeah. <laughs> to see see how his eyes are because we won't know till the games start so mm, mm-hmm. teams coming together though and I think they're having a great off season. I think it's up to uh, Poulos to uh, train them up and bring them together in sure. in a good amount of time so
0: big Kevin I know I, I can commiserate with you as far as you know MLS two teams don't make a whole lot of moves before the super draft but is there anything in the uh in the western conference or, or anywhere else really I don't mean the to you know hole you in there that that stuck out to you?
4: Well, actually, uh, yes. Victor uh, Palay was signing for Reno eighteen sixty eight. Um, that intrigues me really only because he he's almost exactly the size of Fernando Adi. He's okay. 6'3", Adi's 6 four. They're both one hundred eighty five pounds. Um, so, and, and you know, you're already adding them to an attack that I, I think Reno. I don't know how many go- goals they scored, but they scored a, a crap load of goals because they had Dane Kelly and uh, uh, Antone Hoppener.
2: Yeah,
4: <laughs> that's got to be a some USL record, right? So, so they're adding yeah. uh, yeah, this yeah. the striker that whose whose build uh, sets up well for like a tall, you know, potentially pacey uh, target striker. Um, I don't know if that's something they need. But, I mean, but hey, if you want, just add more goals and and go for broke. I guess why not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but for certainly, I'm going to be keeping an eye on this guy because, because uh, if he plays if he plays anything like uh, Adi, um, he probably will not be long for Reno, and probably many many MLS teams will be like uh, potentially wanting to sign him. Yeah. because I know of I know of a number of coaches that specifically say like God, I wish I had a Fernando Adi on my team. So you know anybody of that size, if he's got right. if he's got the soft feet and the and the good touch and can play as a target nine, he will not be in USL for long. I'm
0: Hmm.
4: No, not at all. So that's one we definitely want to keep an eye on twenty eighteen. Two uh two real quick thoughts for
0: me, um, and I'll you know I'll see if you guys care to respond. One, and I think we saw it a little bit last year, at least at the beginning of the season, uh for, for those of us who paid attention to them, all of the moving parts, more than anything else, are the reason I'd be a little concerned about FC Cincinnati right now. Because last year they had some problems with chemistry early on when a team like, you know, maybe Bethlehem Steel beat them twice. Uh, and on top of all the moving parts in terms of player chemistry, uh, I will use any excuse I get to subordinate, uh, the player chemistry was a problem. Now they have the added mmm, what's happening with the, uh, the MLS move. So that's the one. And then the other one, I cannot wait to see what the logo is going to look like for the Pittsburgh Rhino Hounds.
3: <laughs>
0: it's going to be awesome. But Bob uh, Willie, yeah, Bob <laughs> has signed at least twenty-five people that used to play or live in Rochester, New York. Um <laughs> uh, some good moves, honestly. Uh you know, out wall coming back, K Banjo's already back. Um but you know um
2: I, I think I the two big moves from Pittsburgh coming back is bringing back um Chevin Walsh and Kevin Kerr, especially after losing Herzog. I mm-hmm. think Walsh is going to kind of move up to kind of replace Herzog in the lineup. And to have Kevin Kerr there is definitely going to help out. I'd say he's around akin to um, what he is to Pittsburgh, what Justin Portillo is to um, or was to Charleston previously, and what Portillo <laughs> will hopefully become to Real Monarchs.
3: Yeah. 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 Someone posted that Real Monarchs lineup, potential lineup, and it is it is
4: pretty is. good.
0: Pretty it's good. like people posting Atlanta United's lineup now, and I'm just like, yeah. All right, we're
4: done. We can just oh, boy. oh, do we have to talk about Atlanta United? Come on. No, no we're
0: not. <laughs> already, we're already talking about one team that really likes to big up themselves, so we're, we're okay. Yeah. But hey, you know, their team in 2018, I hope they bring down Darlington Nagbe for one game for the hell of it.
2: <laughs> Just to see what Let happens. For the one cross conference match we will have against Portland Timbers too, like the yeah. New York Red Bulls, low last year. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, those regional rivalries.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, cool. Huge, huge, huge. huge.
3: I forgot uh, to uh, I forgot to push my interview like you mentioned it, but Tom- yeah, I did an interview with Tomas Gomez, the new goalkeeper from uh, uh, the Rhinos, uh, St. Louis native who's coming back home um, t- twice. Golden Glove winner. Um, he and Gorick are on the same squad, so that's something to keep an eye on. But I talked to Tomas about everything, and this guy just has such a good head on his shoulders. He almost lost his job like three times last year under Lilly, and um, he. You know, and he fought for it. He didn't give up. And his ideas on how a team should fight and, and join together. I, I, I really like what everything he said. And if he has any kind of leadership role on this team coming up, that's nothing but good. I wanted to make sure I said that. So thank you.
2: Not to put you on the spot, Phil, but out of just uh, curiosity, on opening day for the season, who do you think has the starting job and goal? Is it going to be Devalik or Tomas Gomez?
3: I think it's going to be Gomez, and, and if you look at stats and you look at their history and, and their playing record, honestly, I think it's going to be Gomez, but um, no one knows for sure what's going on there. Um, obviously, two really good goalkeepers that if they get to if they get to duke it out for number one spot, that's nothing but good for a team. So, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really strange. Well, that's I mean, that's strange because he's leaving one good team for another team, but uh, Louisville not holding down Gaia Bend. Is is a bit odd, just because I thought he was kind of the, you know, unsung pretty big part of that team. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see how that that progresses as the season goes on. Don't like to put too much stock into uh, to player moves this early, but here I am talking about it. So, hey uh, guys, we did another Twitter poll. We like doing the Twitter polls. We had a long discussion about what to put on the Twitter poll. Before we put out the Twitter poll. And, uh, oh boy, was it almost not worth it. I can't tell how many votes we got, so someone wants to to say that number.
2: 191. 191,
0: 191. because we only had it out for like a day. Uh, However, Phil, you'll be happy. Uh, It was between uh, you guys, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, and a team that I can't read.
3: Real Monarchs.
0: Real Monarchs. uh, and, uh, And you guys took it
3: st louis did you it helps to be bad and then
0: i to do that and where can i get them
3: you know i talk we're right across the state lines from Swope park gotcha so i think i think if you talk to the back chat guys um they'll be pretty upset about what i just said so cheers to them
0: yeah yeah
3: goal of the year folks
0: goal of the year folks
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: uh yeah man um Pony, do you agree with the with the average Twitter user?
1: I went with Pittsburgh just because of Lily. More than anything else, I mean. Yeah.
0: So this was kind of weird. Now that you now that you bring that up, I, I and we'll uh, we'll give the Hounds their their minute of uh, of recognition and appreciation. Uh, do you want to break down kind of the absurdness that has been Bob Lilly's last three years of coaching?
1: Bob Lilly is, for people who don't know, basically one of the greatest to me coaches the USL has. Ever seen, especially defensively. I have no idea how a higher-up team has not taken a shot with him really recently, especially with Rochester just folding. You think he'd some MLS team would be willing to would be willing to some? But for the last since 2014, he's averaging his teams he's managed in the regular season are averaging about 0.8 goals allowed per game. I mean that is basically ungodly numbers, and any team should kill for him if he could bring. Most of what he's done to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I think, immediately becomes not only a playoff team, but a playoff contender. If he can make him look anything like Rochester, I have no doubt that Pittsburgh ends up in the playoffs. And I could see even top four.
3: High praise. Top four. That's good. Top four, man. There's only
1: two two teams that have broken away. Anything else could still really happen in the East, I think.
3: Yeah. So defend yourself, Pony. Why do we put <laughs> Pittsburgh in there instead of Cincinnati, man? What's going on? What's the yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Stadium deal, ticket sales. Come on, Irishman. No oh,
1: twenty. Uh, twenty thousand <laughs> people. That's an improvement. They come twenty-five thousand.
2: From the leadership meetings, they actually give out trophies for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: my God! Why is there so much fire coming from you two today? hurt you ryan did you like Fun. all right Fun. ryan hold on no ryan we're having a we're having a moment ryan did you did you like try to go see the new star wars and you like a, ticket Thursday early, night and you like bought your ticket early yes and like got to the theater yep. yeah like, i'm here i'm dressed up as princess Layla because it's a, nope. Uh, nope. Laugh, no 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 the man can do what he wants the
2: no but, but i did they pick apart someone's you old guys, man luke's cosplay and it was on the wrong
0: i'm not gonna have all right and then they like turn you away at the theater, so you're just really mad. And you're like, who can I take my aggression out on? And you were like, well, it can't be the Hammerheads anymore, so it's going to be FC Cincinnati. <laughs> no, okay, great.
3: They're trying to take a out. Did you say you on. dressed up as Old Man Luke? Because I like that. No, I saw I someone who
2: dressed up as Old Man Luke, and unfortunately, their the metal arm was on the wrong arm. And they <laughs> didn't <really> <laughs> <lie>. <laughs> <laughs> no, Can't do that. Ooh, Shame.
4: Failure.
2: Shame. But, but, unacceptable. Luckily, their embarrassment was at least covered by what was happening on the screen there you
1: go or a metal <laughs> oh. or hot take so you're
2: <laughs> you're on the hate side today wow. that's good
3: we're just really covering <laughs> everything
2: here on the usl show brought to you by the it, beautiful not the know. hate the underwhelming
0: <laughs> side. fresh meals delivered right to your door uh get your first 30 days free with the promo code ryan really didn't like the star wars movie and that's really unfortunate because it made a lot of money
2: <laughs> Moving on, or at least back to soccer, I definitely have to agree with Pony that I picked I personally picked Pittsburgh as the team that would have the best offseason and thus far with monarchs then Phoenix being at least a close runner up.
0: Yeah, Kevin, I know you're you're about to yawn or something. As the guy out in the west, uh the other guy out in the west, you know, between Phoenix and and, and Real Monarchs, who has had the better off-season so far, you think?
4: Uh, I have no idea. Right on. <laughs> right on. It's one of those things where, like, I mean, I do pay as much attention as I can in the off-season. But, you know, all the news that I'm going to find out about, you know, a lot of these teams is all going to come in, like, the last week of March. <laughs> 40, 48 mm-hmm. hours before the season starts, <laughs> boom! Here's all the news. Just well, like, I mean, like to be
0: fair too, we're up. asking all these questions and coming up with all these opinions in December.
3: Yeah, yeah, this, so this is all. All these guys are
0: gonna be there, you know, like no. or, or, you know what's gonna happen or what kind of support they're gonna have or you know anything else. So, um, it's a bit early. So that's you know that's fair.
4: It's fair. But I mean, uh, what I'm interested to see though is see if uh, Fresno signs. Um Villlian I think I think t two loaned him to Sacramento for whatever reason uh, at the end of the season and oh, like they I, could have used him. yeah I know so uh, but I know he's from Fresno or I think he has family in Fresno and so with them starting up it would be interesting to see if they uh, if they go that way make maybe maybe, you know, maybe sign that
2: mm-hmm. uh, well gentlemen
0: Ryan do we have any other Twitter your question
2: All right, I think there was an interesting um, um, was our reply to it which is in contrast to the poll was what club has had the worst offseason or the worst start to it and I'll get the easy one out of the way Roger Graham already responded back by saying the Rochester Rhinos so we can't do that but of a club that actually play in 2018 what team has had the worst start to this offseason
1: Carlson yeah yeah, as
2: far as, like,
0: like I think a lot of the MLS2 teams get kind of a pass because we don't know, and a lot of the, no, the options for those Charleston. guys were, uh, you know, MLS-based anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, Charleston definitely sticks out as one.
3: Um, Although uh, they picked up that Target guy from Tulsa, and that dude's good. He's, he's so. huge. They'll change uh, their style, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, but... Um, I don't know anyone. Anyone else with other like who's had a really bad off? I think a lot. Honestly, if it's any any team really that didn't make the playoffs and hasn't made a lot of noise, or and I mean obviously we don't know if teams have tried to make noise and just haven't because it's not you know you're not really privy to to transfer talks. Anyone that's not actively improving or or, you change their logo to a stopwatch or anything like that, Um,
4: (laughs) it's just really not doing it for me. <laughs> well, I think it's just there's there's different rules. It's it's more of a yeah. wild west in USL. I mean, with MLS and and, and other you know top divisions, you you fi- you hear about transfer news like that stuff makes makes big hits. Um, MLS has rules where like they have to like notify here's mm-hmm. your injured players, here's the players on loan, right. here's the players to sign They keep track of all that stuff. You know they 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 want to keep people engaged they want to keep fans engaged the offseason and i think usl will get there and some teams are doing it and then other teams are are not yet so yeah it's hard it's hard to tell who's doing good and who's doing bad
3: and the guys that are signing right now are like the usl not lifers but the guys that are like happy (laughs) with usl you know what i mean (laughs) or like that's their ceiling
4: So, so they're usl lifers <laughs> they're, maybe
3: lifers? maybe yeah. i don't want to give up on them because you I know mean, you it, kind it, of just it's weird. defined
4: usl
0: lifer by by not defining it like you you said <laughs> yeah. everything that was they're
4: not right. a lifer but they're really happy with you <laughs> but adult, like they're only gonna, probably be gonna be there gonna be like side. i'm okay with that
3: you're, <laughs> you're right like, i see what i did there it's but, their it's but
4: their uh and they're okay with it but they're not lifers
3: not necessarily there's a chance they could get out lifers there's a chance but the other thing to say, though, is that, you know, a lot of the guys their, their that team is are younger, MLS. maybe. Yeah, maybe. But the guys that are younger that are still wanting to make it to MLS are looking for trials right now. And so mm. those guys who are maybe top you know just you know 60 to 80 percent in talent um that are younger that mls teams might see as potential talent someone they can use on their teams that could slip right in and play a role immediately if someone got injured those are the guys looking for trials right now and so those are going to be really quality players in usl that won't won't sign till later when they give up on mls so yeah it's lots of times
0: so, uh Steve. tons tons of time um Guys, b- believe it or not, I, th- I think we're we're about done. So uh, that being no. said, I will go, I will go around the horn, and I have I have I have a question for you. In addition to where people can find you and everything like that, and that is because it is a week until Christmas.
1: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, <laughs> Pony? Starting with you. Yes, absolutely. It, okay. I know all about it. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It aren't too much for it not to be.
0: Where can people find <laughs> things you do and and things?
1: My Twitter handle is at Iron Pony Chef. Of course, that pun wrapped in a thinly veiled mockery of a show. And
0: wow, really hot takes for everything.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Really, I'm I just,
0: glad we're an outlet for you. Jokes upon jokes. I'm sure you used to take this out on like your cat or other people on the road or, or whatever. Yeah, it's all
1: about dry humor. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Ryan, I stole your question. So I'm <laughs> sorry. But is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie and where can people find things that you do on the internet?
2: Until really.
0: Sorry, until they have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. This is the last podcast ever, in case anyone's wondering. So, enjoy. Until
4: they bring net neutrality back. Well, so Ryan, where can people find you?
2: i'll answer the first question first but okay. not only is Die Hard a christmas movie I, I hold it in the top five of my favorite movies of all time only just behind pulp fiction in the number two spot and, and you can find me on twitter at ilm underscore ryan mainly just tweeting about sets. and i want to give a brief shout out to atlantic city fc for giving a really mm-hmm. kick-ass logo of a car, of a playing card there just to like give great roots to their like Gambling history of the city, and all I hope for is just cards on the table. They start a annual derby with Las Vegas FC. I mean, I'm feeling lucky about this one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was good. That was good. Phil, uh, is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And um, uh, un- follow you on the internet and things.
3: Really uneducated uh, opinion here. Uh, yes, it is. Okay, uh, cool. I I wait, watched wait, wait,
0: wait. What do you mean uneducated? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh,
3: I'm struggling. <laughs> I saw time. it so long ago. I don't watch it. I don't watch it.
0: Well, Phil, basically, what what I watch Christmas time. So people, time, are, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah, him right now, just click. Yeah, yeah I know. I <laughs> it. You know, here's it.
0: that's been Phil Grim's tenure on the USL show. <laughs> we hope.
4: <laughs> bye, everybody. Nice it was Good fun. Yeah.
3: No, I watched yeah. Meet Me in St. Louis today, uh, partially because I feel like I should be up on that movie because of where I live, but also because it's somewhat a Christmas movie and it's on TCM right now. And um, But it also has Halloween in it, and then it also has summertime in it. And so I think the argument against uh, Die Hard being not a Christmas movie is that it's not about Christmas per se. And so I feel like if there's a little bit of Christmas in there and it gets you in the spirit, then yes, it should be.
2: Uh, also, Snowman la- doesn't take place on Christmas yet. People still okay. consider that a Christmas movie. Sir? Oh, interesting. <laughs>
3: Man. Uh, so if you want to hear any other uneducated takes, <laughs> you can find me. At P-H-I-L-L-G-R-O-O-M-S Phil Grooms or STL Soccer Report is where um, that interview with Tomas Gomez is posted at uh, BGN.
0: It's really good. Hey Kev, I think I already know your answer about if Die Hard's a Christmas movie (laughs) or not, given your reaction to Phil being slightly uneducated on Die Hard.
4: Yeah. Uh, 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 Unequivocally, yes. It is a Christmas movie. One of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. (laughs) The
0: company, I watch you it keep I watch every year. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Kev, Kev, oh I've got a machine. find you on,
4: exactly. the, uh, on, the, on the internets for now. Uh, for now, stuptownfootie.com. You can find me on Twitter at K PDX, Um and also uh, at ptkpodcast, play the kids podcast, uh, which will be joining the Beautiful Game Network in 2018. Woo-hoo!
0: Wait, is that a is that a is that a breaking news thing? Are we the first people to hear that one? Yes, oh, uh, nice. one. I got some nods from the off screen. Very exciting. Um, I have to sneak. Phil, you can. F- f- anyway, um, so where you can find me? Why you would want to do that? I still don't know. So this podcast has a Twitter. It's at the USL show. If you want us to like read off things, we do polls and everything like that. That'd be really cool. Follow us there. Um, we're also on the Beautiful Game Network, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, Google Podcast. Basically, if, if you listen to the podcast on it, we're there. We switched to a new feed recently. We started back up again. Make sure you're subscribed if you thought you were. If you were if you're not and you would like to be, hit the subscribe button. That'd be cool. The first place that gets it is BGN.fm though, where you can check out all of our other friends like in twenty eighteen to play the kids podcast or like St. Louis Soccer reports there. There's one about the river hounds called Mongols It's like, okay. <laughs> um and uh, yeah it's all right and then you know you got uh, rising is one for Phoenix Rising of course the unused subs guys for Tampa Bay and countless others back chat I don't talk about enough Collins bring switchbacks guys hello um the uh, oh oh and I'm forgetting the name of it. there's an English Premier League one that I quite like with guys that are actually from England because like you know hear it from the source three PL yeah those guys three PL hi guys I'm sorry um and uh, and our Raising bulls one. So that's great. I forget about Let's them because they're Red Bulls, and we all hate Red Bull. <laughs> anyway, you can find me personally. And at team. V Victor, on the Twitters. Yes, that is me, holding a dog. Um, or, uh, or BrotherlyGame.com is where I do USL things. Uh, also, big shout-outs real quick before we get out of here. Carson, congratulations on getting engaged, if everyone saw that or not. Yay, Yay. he's engaged now uh so good man and then uh that's 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 really it So stay tuned thank you for listening um and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon